With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. E-S-N-Y. and welcome into the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo here with Chip Murphy. Uh, Danny Small could not join us for this episode today. Uh, but one thing that uh, – it's, it's a good week for this podcast because this was not like one of those weeks like, oh, what we could do. We kind of knew right away uh, with, with some of the headlines that are going on. And there's two kind of things that we're going to focus on in this episode today. Number one, the all-rookie NBA team uh, was released. R.J. Barrett is not included on the first or the second team, so we're going to give our thoughts on that. And then, of course, latest rumors, because there's always going to be rumors surrounding the Knicks, kind of with, we talked about in last week's episode, but we'll eventually get into something else rumors. Uh, and the big rumor is the Knicks possibly trading for Chris Paul. So that's, those are the two things that we're going to kind of focus on in this episode today. Uh, we are going to start, though, with the all-rookie team and RJ not being named on the first or the second team. Um, you know, the question is, should Nick fans be worried about this? I, I think are coming up. You know, you got some haters that are going, the guy couldn't even make the, the first uh, or, or even the second all-rookie team. So, I mean, you're going to have people that are hating on them. You had haters on them on the first summer league game. Um, you know, from my perspective, though, is it that big of a deal that he's not on the roster? It would have been nice to see him mentioned in that honor, especially being the third overall pick of the draft. But at the end of the day, for me, him not being on it isn't the end of the world. It doesn't scream, oh, my gosh, here he is. He's a bust. I mean, anybody that thought, you know, he, he didn't have anything to improve on, never really watched him in college then. I mean, that was the thing. Like, you can watch it, and I watched a lot of Duke basketball with him and Zion and all that, and you can see this guy has a lot of talent, but, my God, he has a lot to work with I mean, he has, or, or to work on. Like, you can clearly see some areas in his game that needed improvement. So you got fans that are screaming, well, this shows that he's a bust. He can't even make the second team. You know, you got guys that were later on in the draft that are ahead of him on this. Uh, there are so many different factors here that go into it. Some of these guys that are on it have great years and deserve to be there. I don't have a complaint really on any of who's on each team, to be honest. I, I, it did not make me upset at all. And I also think you look at some of these other guys and sometimes they get drafted into a better situation and have a better opportunity. Like R, RJ is, you know, he had some veterans at the beginning of the year, but everybody expected him to be, the John ja Morant or, or Zion when he was on the floor and just start taking over basketball games now. And, and, and that didn't quite happen that way. For me, I think people are panicking that he's not on this and they're looking at this as a much bigger deal than what it is. 
Uh, Chip, what, what would you say on this? Uh, to me, it's not that big of a deal. It's not the end of the world. Yeah, it would have been nice for him to be mentioned, but, I mean, come on. It, it's okay. He's not a bust. You can't call him that yet. It's not a big deal that he's not on there, but it's ridiculous that he's not on there because he was one of the best rookies in the NBA this year. And the fact that, like, guys that are ahead of him, there's, like you said, there's certain guys ahead of him, like Morant, Zion, Clark, uh, Nunn. Those guys were all really good this year. They deserve to be ahead of him. P.J. Washington was really good, but, like, Rui Hachimura, come on, like – that he was, was a on questionable a te- he, one, yeah. He was on a terrible team, too. Kobe White was on a terrible team. I get Tyler Hero was on a great team. Terrence Davis was on a great team. But you can't tell me that Kobe White and Rui Hachimura deserve to be there ahead of RJ, especially when you look at RJ's second-half numbers and you look at the way he closed out down the stretch. I don't get it. But it's not a big deal. I know I always bring up the Kemba Walker thing. Like, Kemba Walker's rookie year was a disaster. He put because he played on the worst team of all time, you know, that mm-hmm. seven and 59 uh, disastrous mm-hmm. Bobcats team. And Kemba was left off both all rookie teams, too. He had and he had three rookie of the year votes. Marshawn Brooks was second team all rookie in Kemba's rookie year, and he had more all rookie votes than Kemba did. Yeah. So, no, the all rookie team, it's not that big a deal. And RJ was, RJ was a victim, obviously. There's certain, not all, but certain media members who look at Knicks players differently, and RJ was definitely a victim of that. But he was also a victim of being the guy picked next to John Morant and Zion. Yeah, he didn't mm-hmm. live up to the expectations of those guys, which isn't fair. But if he was in a draft class that didn't include Zion and John Morant, it would have been different. He just exactly, you know, technically he was the number one overall recruit, not Zion. And it was yes. unrealistic. It was unrealistic expectations. You know, he's not as good as John Morant or Zion. That's what he's guilty of. You know, he's not as guilt. He's not as good as those guys. It's unfair expectations. Mm-hmm. That's what he's, he, he had to live up to these expectations that he probably never will live up to. And then you add on to that being a Nick, I, he didn't really stand a chance to, to make the all-rookie team. He's going to have to – and in defense, though, he also, for uh, the first half of the season, was miserable shooting from the field. But a lot of rookies start out that way. So I'm not really – again, I don't want to go too deep down the road, but Kobe right. White and Rui Hachimura Co- – Kobe White in particular shot the ball like shit, just like RJ – and was on a team just as bad or worse than the Knicks. So I don't think you can say Kobe White deserves to be ahead of RJ. I, I just – you'll never convince me of that. Yeah, you know, and for me, like when I look at the list, that was the first thing is, yeah, there's some questionable on there. And you could pick guys like, yeah, RJ could be ahead of these guys. But at the end of the day, the reason why I said it didn't bother me that much is because I don't look at this as that big of a deal. Like, again, I think it just would have been the thing that's nice that he's on there, but it, at the, it just doesn't, it doesn't mean that much in one way or the other. So I just think, you know, you got people already, Chip. You know how it is. They, they, they were mad that he was the pick somehow, some way. They, you know, the people that were calling him a bust are probably the same ones that are complaining about this. 
and going, yep, I told you, I told you since day one, this guy is this, that. Again, coming into the league, it was known that this guy has things that he has to work on. But the ceiling, the potential, everything about him is still what you should be looking at as an exciting factor for, you know, RJ. Not the fact that the rookie year, and it had some ups and downs, because he had some stretches where he played well, and he's had some games that he played well. Uh, I think this is a guy, like, it's different for me. Like, I'm not sitting here panicking after year one. I didn't think his first year was that great, but it wasn't a disaster. You know, he did a lot of good things. But, again, it showed the things that we already knew that he kind of has to work on, and he is putting in the work for that, and he's going to be just fine. So I'm kind of right there with you, Chip, where we really don't want to dive into this way too much because it's really something that's just – it's worth noting. It's worth mentioning, but it's not the end of the world. It's not, gosh, he didn't make the all-rookie team or either one of them, so he's a bust. Like, that's, that's a little foolish to be thinking that way. I mean, again, was his rookie year incredible? Was it the most amazing thing in the world? No. But as you just pointed out, Chip, I mean, some of these other guys, were their rookie years that great? No. <laughs> I mean, you yeah. know. It, I'd love to ask it, those people okay. who call him a bust, if you could do the draft over, who would you take ahead oh. of him? Oh, like exactly. P.J. Washington, Brandon Clark, like mm. Tyler Hero. Like you swap – we're, you swap uh, Tyler Hero and R.J. Barrett right now, and you, you put R.J. in Hero's spot in Miami, yet what kind of year do you think R.J.'s going to have? Like you, like you exactly. said, it's all about uh, what Where team drafts you. Where go. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's what I was hinting to, Chip, because don't get me wrong, I like Tyler Hero. I think he's a fun player to watch. It, it, but I look at him as a guy that's in a pretty good situation in Miami, and it makes it easier for him to play his role. It, it, it's totally different for RJ that has to be the all everything. Like, he doesn't have a Jimmy Butler, you know? He has – there's Julius yeah. Randle. He has Julius fucking <laughs> I mean, Randle who won't same. pass him the ball. <laughs> that's not the same thing. It's not, you know? It's it's totally different freaking level. So that's – you know, I know you're smart enough, Chip, to catch on what I'm, I'm yeah. saying here is – you know, Hero's in a much better situation, and I think that's the one where people are going, well, do you see what he's doing right now in the playoffs and how well he's playing? I think he had a triple-double game one or whatever, and the, the Eastern yeah. Conference Finals are close to it. Well, yeah, I mean, he's a good player. But is he going to have that kind of impact with the Knicks with this roster? No, hell no. Hell no. Now, John Morant and Zion, could they be putting up big numbers? Yeah. But, I mean, they're the first two picks. We didn't have that luxury. We were third. I mean, duh. We didn't get one of those. Not because we failed to take them. We didn't have the pick. That's all that is. So, I don't I don't look at this as a big deal. It's okay. And I'm, I'm still very confident in Barrett. I really – I think he's going to develop into, you know, maybe not that superstar player. It's always hard to, to predict that and – and some people look for it right away because you look at Morant and you look at Zion and you go, yep, those guys are going to be superstars in this league. You can kind of see that right off the bat. Barrett didn't actually show that, but it doesn't mean that he can't get there. He's got a long way to go. He's got some developing to do, and I'm confident that he is going to develop. That's just where I'm at with it. You know, you might be thinking, no, I don't think he's going to develop, and that's fine. That's your opinion. It's whatever. But, I mean, this is a reach if you're looking for it as, I told you so because I've seen a lot of that, and it it's just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Not much really else to go into it with it. 
Would have been nice. Yes. Didn't happen. Okay, move on. See how he does in year two. Hopefully it's better than Kevin Knox's year two. Let's just uh, let's just hope for that. I think anything is better than Kevin Knox's year two. Uh, but <laughs> anything in NBA history is better than Kevin Knox's year two. <laughs> oh man, it's it's brutal. But um, of course, as we transition to our probably the bigger topic here on the show today is, is these latest rumors of Chris Paul being traded to the Knicks. I don't know how many times these rumors over the last several years have kind of come out uh, and just supposedly there's an offer on the table already to get Chris Paul to come over. It's all these things. There's no doubt in my mind the Knicks have tried to pursue trades over the last few years for Chris Paul. It just never kind of worked out. Uh, you know, and Chip, I, I think you, you have uh, – so more info on that than I would in front of you. Some of the details that you've seen, uh, you know, from Jonathan Macri, who we have on the show before, who's been reporting something and some others. So what have you been seeing on this Chris Paul rumor to the Knicks? Uh, yeah, Macri reported in his newsletter recently, according to multiple sources familiar with the Knicks thinking, New York is readying initial offers to potentially bring Chris Paul to the Mecca. And then he said that Julius Randle and Kevin Knox are two names he's hearing involved in the discussions. So, I mean, Julius Randle obviously would be involved, need to be involved to make the money work. And Kevin Knox, I mean, Oklahoma City needs to get a young player back. But Kevin Knox is preferable, if you're a Knicks fan, to R.J. Barrett and Mitchell Robinson. And Macri goes on to kind of expressed that he's heard that the Knicks would not include Mitchell Robinson or someone like that if the trade would to go on, but, or to overpay is what he says. And it doesn't sound like they're, and I have to assume they wouldn't be like, Oh, here's our 2021 unprotected with, with the stack draft class. That is as much as Leon Rose, I'm sure loves Chris Paul. I still can't imagine that he's going to be willing to give up like a, an unprotected pick in a stack draft. But I just think as much as Leon Rose might like uh, Chris Paul, Chris Paul is not the GM of the Oklahoma city thunder. <laughs> he's not controlling yeah. where he goes, but, and the the Knicks just can't make the best offer. You know, the, the Milwaukee bucks exactly. can. And if Chris Paul agrees to go to the Milwaukee bucks, I think he's going to go there. But I mean, I'd like to see Chris Paul in New York as I, as much as I would like to see Chris Paul in New York. I don't want them to give up assets to get right. him at this point in his right. career. I really don't. Yep. And when he has that $44 million player option in 2021-22, you know, that's just a yeah, killer. It's, yeah. It's, it's too 36, much money. seven years old, I mean. Yeah, 36 years old. And, you know, we saw – Steve Nash is one of my favorite players ever. And I saw what happened to Steve Nash when he went to the Lakers. It just goes. Guard, guards, yeah. you never know. Honestly, with Chris Paul, though, I've been saying this for the last several years where I kind of go, that drop-off is going to happen. At some point, he's just going to show up, and it's not going to be the same Chris Paul that we've seen. We think back of all these guards that we have seen put in a Nick uniform that were great players at one point that – really couldn't play worth a lick. Chauncey Billups uh, was not that great in a Nick uniform. 
you know, Jason Kidd had that one year, and he had, you know, he, he brings the ball movement and things like that. But if you he remember, he couldn't up. shoot. He, he stunk in the play. He didn't even show up in the playoffs. Exactly. Uh, but he was 40 years old or something like that. You know, it was – we, we have seen this kind of trend before, and especially for the Knicks, it just doesn't it, – it's not going to work out. And, Chip, I'm kind of right there with you on this, that it would I love Chris Paul to be in the Knicks uniform? Yes. But it's it going to come down to price, what, what that price is going to be. And, you know, because Chris Paul still had a very good year last year, he still has a lot of values despite his age. You know, he, he put if, if his numbers weren't that great this season or didn't play that well in the postseason, you might be thinking, okay, you could probably get him for a little bit less. No, that wasn't the case. He played well. Played really well, had it game seven against Houston, almost getting out of the first round. So you know any kind of trade is going to cost you some assets. And for me personally, I don't see what the benefit of bringing in Chris Paul because, again, you bring in Chris Paul, you're going to need other pieces if you're going to do anything. What, what's the point of bringing them in if you're not going to try to push to make some kind of run? Chris Paul is not going to be the only guy to come in and make some kind of run. Well, you're not going to be able to build a team around Chris Paul by the end, by the, by the time his career is up. You know what I mean? He's not a guy that you can build around at this point. That, I just don't see how, how many assets you can give to get Chris Paul to come to New York. It just depends on what is the deal type thing. Yeah, if you if you trade for Chris Paul this year, you're not stopping at Chris Paul, obviously. Exactly. You're going to get right. somebody else. You're gonna do you're gonna do something like sign Gallinari or I don't know if you're signing Van Vliet with Chris Paul, maybe, but you're you're signing one of these other guys too, obviously. That's the plan. Mm. But you're not just going to get Chris Paul and doing nothing else, signing and signing a bunch of other one-year rental guys like Bobby Portis and Alfred Payton again. That's not going to – Chris Paul is not going to agree to that. Right. And it's, it's one of those things as well. You know, I've seen other – you know, and again, these are not factual rumors or reports or whatever. This is just based off of conversations that I've seen and all that and – you start throwing in all these draft picks that the Knicks have, and that becomes a, a question here, Chip. It, it, again, even forget the players, some of the players that we can include into this, this trade package, but that also includes the, the draft picks. And we have some first-round draft picks. You know, some of the rumors I've seen people discuss, what if we give a lot of our second-round picks away? Well, we've got some deep drafts or, or – drafts that are looking to kind of be like they were just like a year ago with uh, Zion's draft and all of them coming up as well. So, you know, this draft is a little bit different uh, in the terms that there isn't like a abundance of big names that kind of make it a deep draft or look like a deep draft, but one of those is coming up type things. And again, is trading away your draft assets worth it? Or that, and I think that's the conversation. Do you bring in a guard who, yeah, has still played at a high level and played well, that's going to be 36 years old pretty soon. Or do you try to find keep on to that pass on them? Somebody else is going to make that move. You mentioned a team like Milwaukee might be in a better position to kind of make a move like that. Maybe Miami could make a move like that uh, and bring in Chris Paul. Because why? Why is that? They're kind of built to make a run now. The Knicks are not in a situation where they're built to make a run right now. So, like you said, Chip, you 
bring in Chris Paul, yeah, you're right. They're going to go after other people because if you bring just Chris Paul and you did absolutely nothing, you just brought a big-name point guard, I guess, to get fans excited. That's not going to win you a damn thing. So there's other teams that are in better position than us to kind of go ahead and make this trade. Uh, and from my perspective, what I'm asking is, again, with draft picks, I don't want to include a whole lot of them to go get a 37-year-old guard when we can we can find a young guard in the draft. You know, you're going to have to develop them. That you know, I, And at this point, that makes a whole lot more sense for me than draft for somebody who's 35, 36 years old that may have that drop-off coming up next year. I don't know. And that's the thing about guards. They just drop off, and you just never know when it's going to happen. But, again, Chip, the question is for you, is this package deal – what kind of draft picks are you willing to give up if something was to be done? Would you be willing to give a first round or will you say no, like me no. and hold on to those draft picks? No, hold on. You to can't do picks. it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. You just can't uh, do it. It, it. Alex Trataros, our friend, uh, friend of the show, Alex Trataros actually made a good point on Twitter. He said, uh, Oklahoma city's got 15 first round picks because of all the trades they've made, like the Paul George mm-hmm. trade and everything. So he said, and it was a great point, he said OKC should be the one attaching first-round picks to get rid of Chris Paul's terrible contract. And I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good point. They've got all these picks. How many more picks do they need? You know, right. so do we really need – they can't – how many picks can they be asking for, you know? And, yeah, they've got picks. It's until, like, 2025 or 2026. They've got all these picks lined up. So, if you're OKC, how many picks do you want anyway? Like, how many picks do you need? Shouldn't they be more inclined to ask for, like, RJ or Mitch or something? I would think that's what they would want. They may ask for both of them. Given the way Presti operates, he may want both. I think Presti – I think Presti's going to want Mitch. I think that's who he'll want. And you can't do it. You can't – Again, there are some players that we can get into a discussion about with some of these rumors where if they were willing to trade him to the Knicks, then, my God, yeah, you have to let go. I'd want Mitch. Like, Why the fuck wouldn't you want Mitch? Exactly. You know, it, 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 that, that's absolutely where they're going to – anytime the Knicks are on a, a phone call with another GM to make some kind of trade for a big-name player, that deal is going to include yeah. Mitch somehow. So what, and, and that's where you got to look at it and look, is he tradable? I think no. in some cases he can be. He can be, but it has to be the right guy. It, like, again, like when we talked a few weeks ago or months ago, really, about Devin Booker. I'll trade Mitchell Robertson for a Devin, Devin Booker. Booker. That's not the case here. That'd be nice if the they didn't have DeAndre Ayton. That I'd do it for Devin Booker, but not for Chris Paul. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's the point I'm making. It depends on the player that, that could be brought in. Chris Paul's not that guy. As much as I love Chris Paul, Chip, you love Chris Paul. We both love Chris I Paul. Love I think he's one of my favorite point guards to watch. I mean, I, I rooted for OKC all season long. I, I, I was. I, I was hoping they would win. God, I, I wanted them to beat the Rockets so yes, fucking oh bad. My God. Game seven fucking stung James like Harden. I was a fan of theirs. Like, game seven really stung me. Like, I was actual fan of them. I just wanted He actually would have given LeBron a series. He actually would have given LeBron a series. I agree. I know we're going off I, on a I, tangent now, but it's just the Rockets. Ugh. No, I agree with you. I absolutely agree with you. And, and this is, and the reason why I'm saying this is because it's not that I wouldn't want to see Chris Paul in a Nick uniform. I, I would have loved to see that again four or five, six years ago if that could have been worked out. 
it's just the price is going to be way too high. Sam Presley is not going to just trade Chris Paul for, you know, you give me Peyton Knox you give for me Chris Knox, Paul. Yeah. And oh. a second round pick. That's not going to do it. That's not going to do it. That's this. If, if, Sam Presley was that dumb to make that trade. Oh, my God, you pulled the damn trigger on it, but he's not. I mean, Sam Presley knows what the hell he's doing. Just look at how he's rebuilt the roster and made moves left and right here and there to keep things going. It's it, He's not dumb. That trade's not going to happen. He's going to ask for Barrett. He's going to ask for Mitchell Robinson. He's going to ask for the big-name guys, and it's just not worth it. You can't make that trade for a 30-something-year-old, a late 30, mid-30s, whatever, point guard that is just never a smart thing to do with point guards do do not last they just drop off a cliff and it's going to happen at some point with Chris Paul Chris Paul makes more sense for a Milwaukee a Miami team that can make a run for it right now that are in the mix for it it's not going to be the New York Knicks because we don't we it's not so much that we don't have something to give up I think we do have some assets that we we have Mitchell Robinson We do exactly. have Mitchell Robinson. It's just we shouldn't exactly. give him up. <laughs> yeah, we have one. Up, we have yeah. one asset that a lot of teams would really want. We just shouldn't give him exactly. up. <laughs> yeah, this is like few years past. It really was like anytime we talked about this, we don't have the freaking people to get. Nobody wants anybody from our damn roster to give up to make a trade like this. It would have to be through future draft picks, all that stuff, and you would have to give up a shitload a draft picks to make something like this happen. And that's still the case, but there are some name players. Like, again, you ain't going to tell me that they're not making a call saying, hey, we want we want Mitchell Robinson, or hey, you're going to have to include Barrett if you want this deal. And that would be the stupidest thing the Knicks can do. And I don't, for once, I don't think the Knicks are that dumb, and they're just not going to do it. So this, so. Whole, this whole Chris Paul rumor thing, Again, they say they want a second-round pick and Kevin Knox and, and uh, that uh, Julius Randle guy. Shoot, I pull the trigger on the trade. I'll help pack their bags. I'll send them the hell on their way. But that's not the case. That's not going to happen. That's not going to be enough. And because of that, it, it's – the asking price is going to be way too high and just not the time for the Knicks to kind of make a move like that. they got to hold on to every asset. The young assets, the draft picks, go another way. Yeah, can't – that would be like a Band-Aid type fix again, where they make like these veteran guys to bring in and then just gives you the idea of the player they were, were or, or the player that uh, is on the back of their freaking card. You know, the numbers that you look, it gives you some excitement. It gives you some hope, but it doesn't lead to anything. You see so many teams kind of make the mistakes, and Nixon made those mistakes in the past as well. You got to learn from those mistakes and not pull the trigger. Chris Paul is not coming to the Knicks. I, do, I say no way. And I, I think, Chip, you would agree that the, the, the rumors are fun and we love Chris Paul. No way he becomes a New York Knicks. It's just not going to happen. And then people have this fantasy as well as we get Chris Paul to come here and then we sign Carmelo Anthony back as well. That sounds good five, seven years ago. Not now. It does not sound good now at all. I don't want any part of that. Don't want to see that. I'm happy for Melo playing well in Portland. He should stay in Portland, by the way. I've been saying that for a while, even before Portland signed him. I think he would be a good fit for them. And he played very well. He needs to stay there. Chris Paul needs to go to somebody else. It's not going to be the New York Knicks. And he might play well. And people are going to say, see, this is why we should have made that trade. It would not be the same scenario for the New York Knicks. Move on from it. But, Chip, I think you're in agreement with me that we'll never see Chris Paul 
in a Nick uniform, at least with a trade like this. Like, it's not going to happen. Uh, I think it's a long shot. I, I really do think it's a long shot. That would be classic Knicks, though. What, 36-year-old Carmelo Anthony and 35-year-old Chris <laughs> Paul? That, that's the time we well, finally get them together. But, no, I yeah. think it's a – I think it's unlikely that Chris Paul becomes a Nick. Like you mentioned, he has, I mean, Miami, if they get to the finals, are they really going to blow up that team by dealing a couple guys for Chris Paul? I guess it would be blown up. I don't know. It's you're think we're thinking ahead, but it's it's the kind of culture shift move. Like Giannis had the meeting with ownership. That's the kind of move that would probably mm-hmm. please Giannis bringing in Paul. I don't know. Or maybe it wouldn't, maybe it would piss him off. Maybe he wouldn't want to play with Paul. He's not for everybody. Look at, right. look at Blake Griffin. I don't know if Giannis is more like Blake Griffin or not. I don't know, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I just think the fact that he's so close with Leon Rose means it's not impossible yet. Like the fact that he was his right. agent for, forever and I just think there's no way at this point in Chris Paul's career he wants to come to a shitty team so mm-hmm. he's going to want assurances that we're going to be able to compete and can't do how it. could Leon Rose possibly give that to him Yeah, in, the, in a weak free agency class how can he possibly give right. that to him unless he's and, planning and he's been- on swinging a trade for a guy but I don't see that guy out there I, I mean who who is it Exactly. And if you think as well, Chris Paul, this is it. This is like the, what's left in the tank. This is it for him. Like he needs to make the right choice. And, I, and again, you made the point. He's not the GM. He doesn't really get to pick where the hell he's going. His next but, team could be his last team. So Exactly. And in the last chance to, to win something. Yeah. It's, you know, you don't – it's not too many. He might be on a roster somewhere where he doesn't play. One of those veteran guys, like if he just wants to stick around – you know, like, not that Vince Carter was on a championship roster, but, I mean, somebody like that, like that doesn't really play that big of minutes anymore if Chris Paul sticks around for that long, then, yeah, he might join a contender that way and just ride the bench. But to actually be in the rotation, be a big part of it, doesn't have that many years left. He's going to want to go to a team that has a good chance to make a run right now, and I just don't see that happening with the Knicks next year to make this trade. I say – I mean, I see what you're saying, that it's Leon Rose is a great relationship. So, I'm not going to say zero chance. And if I've already said that, I'll tell you, it, there's a tiny, tiny minuscule chance that something like this happens. The only way it does happen, I think, is if uh, they bring down the asking price for him and it, it can work out where, yeah, the Knicks have to give up some things, but it's just it's not going to happen. That's, that's like a perfect world of, Sam Presti might have been drinking a whole lot of vodka or something that's been highly intoxicated and answered Leon Rose's call. Like, that's, that's, it's not going to happen. Um, and I do think it's, it, it's going to be another team. And I don't know why. I, I keep saying Miami chip. I don't, I don't know why. I don't know if that's just because those were rumors early on in the year that like maybe Miami would jump in, something like that. Or maybe it's because I like watching Miami. Like, I really do. I like watching their young team and all that. And by the way, that block by Bam, I know oh we're going God. off. I, I, I'm sorry I'm, I'm doing this. I know I'm going off course here. But that block was just like uh, – <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like, and, and, you know, this is a guy, Tatum, that can just soar through the air. Y'all remember him putting LeBron on a poster a couple of years ago in the playoffs. That guy gets up. 
I mean, he can fly. And I'm thinking, beeline to the basket. He's about to jam at home. And Bam just comes down and times that thing beautifully. Miami Heat are a fun basketball team to watch. And maybe that's why I'm saying I would like to see Chris Paul with Miami, see what he can kind of do there. Even though Goran Dragic has been unbelievable uh, for them in this playoffs. But it, it's – I don't – it's going to be like a Milwaukee. It's going to be like a Miami. May, there's going to be some other teams that might try to get in there. It's not going to be the New York Knicks here at all. Now, as I kind of transition to one more thing before we wrap this up, Chip, um, I guess this will be our kind of our, our closing remark segments here. But obviously uh, what happened a couple of days ago, the Clippers out of the playoffs, which I enjoyed every minute of. I just, I just found it funny that they choked and blew it with the roster they had and all that. But from the Knicks' perspective, they make a trade, right? Before the shutdown, before the deadline, they send Marcus Morris to the Clippers. They get that late first-round pick. And Morris really never was consistently a threat for the Clippers. He had moments where he played well, but it was not consistent. And now that they get hey, did the Knicks win that trade? Steve Mills' best mean, move. <laughs> I, I, I'm saying or I Scott Perry was that, that was Scott Perry in charge then or I forget when Steve Mills was I fired don't I don't even I feel like we won that trade like it, it's it's something that you know maybe you got to wait to see who we get do we totally whiff on the pick but either way even if we do I mean think about it Morris ain't gonna sign with the Clippers next year and he played terrible and he didn't help them win a championship so we got a pick for a player that, you know, is not even didn't even win a championship, didn't even play that well. That's a, that's a win for the Knicks there. That's a yeah. rare opportunity to say they win. So, I had to throw that in there because at this point, the Knicks won this trade. As somewhere, somebody might be trying to make a case that they're they're going to screw this up, blah blah blah. Because that's what people do. They they rag on the Knicks. That's how. It's an easy thing to do. It's a very easy thing to do, and. I don't see how somebody can argue that the Knicks didn't win this trade. No, oh, they totally I think they did. won this trade. I mean, Morris it, it, put it up was... a bunch of Morris put up a bunch of empty stats, and the Knicks cashed in on it. Yeah, exactly. He, I mean, it was, I was, it was a great trade. I am very, very happy to say that we we finally won a trade, uh, and I I loved the trade back when it happened. And there was people pissed off. I mean, there was, there, it was that that group of people that were clinging on the Knicks making a playoff push and wanted to hold on to Morris and how he could oh, potentially yeah. get us like six. Like there are those people that sit there and cling on to the hope of being an agent. We're going like to re-sign him. He's a free agent. Yeah. We're going to re-sign him. Who gives a fuck? Uh, it, it, exactly. It, you get that, that false hope and it's just like, no, no, trading him would make a whole lot more sense. And when they did, I was very happy with the trade. But now to see this outcome, it's kind of like, damn. We did it. We, we, we pulled off a really smart trade, and the Clippers traded away all these draft picks to try to go win a ring, ring this year. It didn't happen, and boy, man, they looked bad, and they looked like a team that was too cool for school at times, like we're the Clippers and people are going to bow down to us. And Boy, that was not the case, and I enjoyed every minute of watching them choke. I don't know why. I, I, I just maybe, – maybe it's because they were trying to cheap shot my boy, Luca. 
And I said, <laughs> no, no for me, because, you know, Luca's next in line. He's next in line. That's my boy. Everybody knows this now. I've made it official. Uh, so that could be a part of it. But I'm very happy to see that the Knicks won uh, this trade. So before we wrap it up, Chip, I'm going to give you the floor. Last call. Do you have anything you want to add? I don't think so. Not today. Uh, no, no. Just, I'm just happy to be back doing an episode. We haven't been, we haven't done one in a while. I'm happy to be doing one, man. That's all I, uh, yeah. all I really have to say. No. What about you? I mean, I, I, other than winning that trade, it's good. To, it's always good to come back here, talk Knicks and uh, talk yeah. a little bit about the playoffs as well. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, like I keep saying, uh, um, and now they're pushing the draft further back. So we'll have even more time to sit here and talk about the draft, um, which we'll get a little bit of a period of free agency. Like, I, I don't think the Knicks are going to do anything that special or anything like that. But, I mean, we, we can – we can, we can talk a little free agency this year before we get to that. But I'm, I'm really looking forward to getting to uh, the, the draft prospects and starting to break them down. Uh, and, and that's coming. We were honestly going to start with that this week, but with the, the big rumors of Chris Paul, um, we decided to go with that. And, of course, the, the R.J. Barrett being left off the rookie team. So I, I can't wait to start. I already have started, by the way, Chip, uh, of looking at some uh, some draft prospects that would make sense for the Knicks and the, the eighth oh, yeah? pick and all that. So I, I've, start? I've done, I started some homework. I have I, – uh, and I, Killian Hayes is, is the one that I started with because I don't know anything about it. I told you that. I, and I, I've, been, I've been watching some things about him, reading up on him because that's the name I've heard. But, again, his, it's so crazy because in He's the draft – He's fun to board, watch, right? He is a lot of fun, and it's intriguing as crap because you got you got some draft boards that have him like third, fourth yeah. in the draft, and then drops back. It's he's like all over the place, and I just love that kind of mis- yeah. mysterious kind of outlook for it. And I mean, he's one of the guys that I'm reading and I'm liking. So the shot thing, it's gonna have to develop, but there are so many other things that I like about his game and all that. I kind of like it. Maybe we start with him. Maybe we'll start with somebody. I know Nick fans are – there's, like, this love affair with Cole Anthony. Like, they just absolutely love him. I, Nick Facebook, at least. I don't know about on Twitter, but Nick Facebook is in love with Cole Anthony. Oh, Nick's Twitter I, I, is not I, the same as Nick's Facebook. Okay. Yo, oh, yeah, no doubt about it. It's totally different blend of people. Nick Facebook is I, – I, I stick around with it because it's comical. Like, it gives me, it gives me humor to talk to a lot of these, these fans. Because I do. I spend a lot of time talking to these Nick fans. And some of the stuff they come up with – it's so crazy, but I mean, Nick Facebook loves Cole Anthony. Hey, if you say something bad about Cole Anthony on Facebook, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. So, um, I, 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 I spend more time with that than on Nick Twitter. I wonder who that is. So, looking forward to doing that. We'll, we'll definitely get into the, the draft side of this coming up. Uh, maybe next week, if we don't have any of these rumors kind of pop up or any kind of breaking news pop up. We'll start, you know, our analysis on some of these uh, these potential rookies that the Knicks could draft. So, stay tuned for that. Uh, I think I think this is a fun, you know, again because I made the point the last episode is we knew who we were going to get in the draft last year. That's not the case this year. It's kind of wide open. It reminds me of uh, when I did this a few years back with the the Frank Nilakina draft and looking at different prospects and and, ding, and things like that. That was probably a draft I spent a lot of time doing some uh, research. Now, my pick would not have been great. Uh, I mean, I, it, 
turned out to be a complete shit show uh, with Dennis Smith Jr. <laughs> yeah. And I, I Did you just, like I, Dennis Smith Jr.? I freaking loved him. I loved him. <laughs> and he looked so damn good at moments of his rookie year. I freaking loved him. And then he came to the Knicks and he just sucked ass. And I'm like, this guy is like, this is bad. Like, I don't. I, I completely ignored all the shit things about him. Like, oh, he'll make up with it for this and that and this. It just never happened. So I'm I'm calling it right now. It's a redemption year. It's a redemption year for me. My analysis is going to be spot on. You're going to be impressed, Chip. It's just, it, it, it's going to be spot on. I'm not going to go 0 for 2 here when I'm heavily involved in looking at some of these draft picks. I can promise you that. So let's leave it here. I, I was just going to say you ignored the warning sign of DSJ's college team sucking ass. <laughs> I just like – I mean, he was above the rim. I love guards like that. I love the guards that are downhill, attacking. Like Russell Westbrook type. Like, I, I wasn't saying oh, he was going to be like Russell Westbrook. I wasn't saying – but I love guards like that. I love the attacking guards that just play downhill above the rim. Those guys get me. You know, like a young Derrick Rose. I love those kind of guards. Uh, Dennis Smith Jr. was nowhere near any of that. Just nowhere near any of that. There was a lot of flashes his rookie year in Dallas, but I think I should have seen the red flag when he was pissed off about the Luka Doppage trade. I, 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 he was so mad that he was brought in there. I should have known right then and there the guy doesn't want it. And then the reports when they brought in Peyton for the Knicks, he, he was pissed off about that as well. Like It's like, do you not want to compete? <laughs> I mean, I, that's the kind of the vibe I get. You want to be the best player on a crappy team. And, and yeah, the Knicks are pretty bad, but I mean, uh, uh, I lost it for him. That's it. That, that's it. So we'll wrap it up. We'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast.